What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode nine of Mental Dimes Bump and Run podcast. Uh, NG Triplet, Neville Triplet here with you uh, with co-host uh, T-Mac. You remember T-Mac hitting off threes and draining threes. Um, we'll get a little housekeeping going before we introduce our guest. Uh, as always, you can find all things uh, sports coverage at mentaldimes.com. So please check us out for all your sports needs, your betting needs, anything like that. If you want to interact with the college football site on Twitter, check us out at, at mentaldimescfb. If you want to interact with myself, at ngtriplet, or if you want to talk uh, to TMAC, at tm underscore swish, uh, check us out for all of your uh, sports needs. A um, couple of things to get to right away here, uh, if I can find it. There are, I don't have it. Here we go. There are 17 days until September 3rd, which is sort of the unofficial start of college football season. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Texas A&M Commerce later. They actually start on September 1st. Uh, I know that uh, that's a big game for T-Mac and I. We're both uh, uh, alums of A&M Commerce, so we're really excited. But right now, I'd like to introduce our guest. It is Corey Hogue, and I'll let him talk a little bit, but I'll brag on him a little bit. He is a Midwestern State graduate. Uh, you can uh, reach him at Corey Hogue Sports uh, on Twitter. Uh, he covers 35 sub-FBS teams for TexasFootball.com, and he is the recipient of the 2020 Kirkhill Award winner for the Lone Star Conference Sports Writer of the Year. So, Corey, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, and if you want to elaborate or tell anybody uh, what it is that you do other than um, we, we have you listed as a writer, but anything else, what you write specifically and what you cover about. Hey, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate this. I love talking football, love love talking the Southland, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yes, I, I cover 35 teams. I actually didn't graduate from Midwestern State. I know most people think I did because I – I'm kind of a beat writer for MSU Sports for the local newspaper here. That's kind of what I cover that. I cover some high school in the Wichita Falls area for the local paper and also the Dallas Cowboys. So outside of the, the college teams, I, I keep a full plate. That's for sure. Absolutely. So uh, covering the beat for Midwestern State, are you familiar with uh, one of the Rab boys? Oh, Yes. Yes, uh, Leighton Rab. He he was. Right. He's coaching now. I believe he's still out in the Lubbock area. He good, good guy, good guy. Absolutely. Yeah. He uh, he went to high school at uh, Lano. Uh, classmate of Tyler and I. I was fortunate enough to uh, uh, be on the staff uh, and coach him a little bit. So we're super proud of him as well. He broke Tyler's heart a few times. Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, I always give Leighton a lot of credit. The year, the year we won the national championship, the one team to beat Commerce that year was was Mr. Leighton Rab. That was uh, uh, every time I talk to Leighton, he uh, we go back and forth on that. But uh, Leighton was the one team that beat Commerce that year. But hey, uh, Corey, really appreciate you jumping on, man. Um, uh, we love talking to you. I know I got the privilege to meet you back in my uh, Commerce days, and uh, we we had a lot of fun up there in the press boxes. I know you're always calling a, or uh, being able to cover lots of high high uh, FCS and Division two games, Division three games. So uh, Corey, Corey's great for everybody out there listening. Um, he, he knows his stuff. He knows his small college stuff. And we really appreciate you jumping on with us tonight, Corey. 
Hey, again, thanks you, thanks to you guys, man. I anytime I get to talk football, it gets uh, keeps my wife from having to listen to it. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Hey, before we jump into the Southland Conference and some Texas A&M Commerce, just want to throw out some news of the week and get y'all's opinions on this. Um, obviously, uh, if you haven't heard, Ohio State running back Pryor is out for the 2022 season. So, uh, Tyler, obviously, you and I have talked. Uh, extensively about the college playoffs. What does that do to Ohio State's chances? I'll, t- I'll tell you what, um, you know, you know, it's it, it really hurts their – it really takes a lot of weight from C.J. Stroud. It puts a lot of pressure on him at quarterback. I mean, um, you know, I really think Ohio State's got a really high-power offense, but losing him right there, that that, that really hurts a lot in the running game uh, for the Buckeyes. And, and you know, it's going to put a lot of pressure on second-year starter C.J. Stroud. And, um, you know, Ryan Day, he's a great coach. Um, he'll get things figured out. I know Ohio State always has uh, lots of depth. You know, I, I know Master Teague last year was a big name that really stepped in um, for for the Buckeyes. I know he's gone now, but but they've had a lot of success in the past with their depth. And uh, Ryan Day's got his work cut out. C.J. Stroud's got his, his work cut out. But um, d- don't don't necessarily push the Buckeyes away. They're they're going to find they they've got plenty of depth. I think they'll be all right. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, and Tyler, you hit on it there. They've got depth. One thing Ohio State is, has is talent. I would be a lot more concerned if that injury was on the offensive line than I would be if it was at running back. So does it hurt? Yes, it always hurts to lose one of your good guys. Uh, but I think I, I think, it, but by game five or six, whoever they have in there, they're, they're going to be up to speed. So I think they'll be all right. Okay. So maybe it has an impact on week one uh, against Notre Dame. We'll see. Uh, all right, let's jump next topic because uh, I, I want to really get to the Southland Conference. Um, hot topic right now, will Bryce Young win back-to-back Heismans? It's, it's way too early. Hadn't had game one, but that's why it's fun to talk about before anything's happened. Man, Corey, you're the expert. Lead it, take it away. Well, I, I am. He's going to pick a Texas guy. Uh, if that offensive line can give him in this year. All right. You're uh, kind of cutting in and out there, but we will move on. Uh, last thing, and I don't want to get too much into anything too controversial, but uh, just a big story, the Kale Gundy resignation at Oklahoma. Uh, wide receivers coach has been there uh, since uh, I believe 99. Um, so obviously uh, there's a couple of things going on, but from a football standpoint, if, if we take everything else out of it, uh, losing a wide receivers coach this close to the season um, has, has got to be something uh, that has to be uh, a little bit disconcerting, but I know Venables has made uh, comments uh, several times about how much he appreciates that the team has not lost focus. It has not been a distraction. Certainly that's coach speak. Um, how much of an impact will this have? Um, go, go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. Well, can you guys hear me now? Is that, is it better? Yes. Yeah. I got you. Oh. They say it has any way it doesn't just kind of the nature of what happened there. Wide receivers coach, man, look, players come to universities because of coaches. They develop relationships with these coaches. That's why they they choose the school they go to. How much? I I don't know. Uh, 
Okay, I, I don't know if it's just my internet or not. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, Trip, we got you. Corey, it's just cutting out just a little bit. It, it, we're we're getting a little bit here and there. I don't know if it's the microphone or what, but um, yeah, let me let me get it. Let me work on it here. Okay, yeah, um, Trip, I'll kind of feed off. I think what Corey was saying a little bit of, um, you know, uh, you got to be smarter than that. I mean, I mean, you can't go around. And look, I'm not going to get get too much into it. I'll, I'll answer your question. I, I think you got to be a little bit smarter. Um, I, I know he was reading something; they weren't necessarily his words, but you got to be be smarter about that kind of situation. Um, like Corey was saying, you know, kids come to kids go to schools because of coaches, because of the coaches they like. And uh, you know, like you said, this being this close to the start of the season, it's 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 going to be a big hit for Oklahoma, but. I think I think Brent Venables is a smart enough guy. They'll get it. They'll get everything figured out, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there. See how it impacts them. All right. Uh, appreciate y'all's uh, input on that. So let's jump right in. Let's uh, talk about the Southland Conference. Man, they've had kind of a wild offseason. Teams were were going to leave, but didn't leave. Uh, another uh, founding member comes back. Obviously, Texas A&M Commerce. So a lot to unpack. Uh, this is 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 really uh, uh, anxious to hear what Corey has to to say about this uh, conference and and what it's going to look like going forward and and then uh, you know his picks down uh, who's going to win this thing. I'll 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 jump in before before Corey does. He's more than welcome to 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 feed off me right here. Um, you know I, I think from the commerce side of things, you know we're you know we talked to Alex Shiloh last week trip, and I know you and I obviously being. Uh, a couple of alums were, were really excited for the transition forward, and uh, I'm really excited. I, I don't know how quick it'll be till um, until Commerce is able to compete. Um, I know I know they got to sit on the probation period for a few years, but I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing how how football progresses if if and how Coach Bailiff gets them rolling here early on. I really think I think Commerce is going to compete pretty quick. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a homer and pick them right off the bat, but I think I think Coach Bailiff will will have them competing pretty quick uh, there in conference play. They can still compete for the conference. They can win a conference championship. Just uh, just no no uh, postseason play for for four years, and uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm also looking forward to talking to Corey later uh, after we get through the Southland a little bit. What he what his thoughts are on the Lone Star? Of course, you know Corey being a um, little bit of a uh, being a Midwestern guy and see how the, you know, losing probably. And I, I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this while he's gone. looks like we lost Corey for a second, but I'll say this. I think, I think commerce probably losing commerce out of the Lone Star was probably the the worst case scenario for the Lone Star conference um, with, with football and everything. And it, cause you're probably losing your best overall team out of the conference. Um, but I'm looking forward to see what the Lone Star conference has to, has to, has to say and how they respond with commerce leaving. Um, a uh, little technical difficulties. We apologize for that. I, we'll try to get Corey back in here. Um, and, and Trip, what are your thoughts about Commerce moving up? Well, you know, uh, I, I think it was uh, th their due. They needed to do this uh, to progress. I think it's going to allow them to continue to attract top tier athletes, uh, student athletes that they want. And it's going to give them uh, more exposure. And ultimately, I think it's the right move for, for the university, for the program. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what the future holds for them. Uh, kind of like you, I don't know that, you know, they're going to uh, repeat their 2017 success in year one, um, but they are now, um, you know, going against uh, some bigger, badder teams, and, and it's only going to benefit the program uh, in the long term. So and I'll, and I'll, I'll, t I'll tell you another thing, you know, we're talking, you know, uh, 
the Southland and everything. The Southland in the past, don't let the South. I mean, the, the Southland was trying to survive this past season. Uh, you know, like you said, Trip, a lot of teams leaving. Uh, I mean, three or four years ago, the Southland was was probably the best FCS conference. Uh, as it looks like we got Corey back. Corey, a little better now. Could you guys hear me? We yes. got. We got you. Okay, right. hopefully this works again this time. I, 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 it happens, man. We're not the best. Uh, we're not. We're not tech geniuses, so I'm not. I'm not sure we really would have known what to tell you. I'll finish my train of thought trip and then throw it over to Corey. Um, uh, you know, the Southland a few years ago was was an elite FBS conference. I mean, you had you had schools like Sam Houston. Uh, you had Stephen F. Austin. You had you had Abilene Christian. You had a lot of these teams that were were really good teams and and I'll tell you the team the conference right now that's that's really looking good right now is the WAC and that's where a lot of these conferences are going and I know Corey uh, covers them a little bit the Western Athletic Conference has really really grown in or the strength of the WAC has really gotten good a lot of these teams that left the Southland just recently have now joined the WAC and Southland's taken a little bit of a hit and it really seemed like they were trying to survive this past year and I think adding commerce was a good move Corey we were just kind of talking a little bit about um uh, just a little bit of a preview uh, of the Southland Conference. What are your thoughts and everything of, of Commerce jumping up? And and we'll also talk a little bit about the Lone Star Conference, a little bit losing uh, one of its premier teams. And uh, so so kick us off a little bit about the Southland. What are your what are your early thoughts? And uh, what do you what are you thinking about Commerce making the jump here early on? Yeah, well, overall, the Southland is in a much better position now than they were two months ago. Than they over the last year, no no conference has gone through more in the last two years than the Southland. They had the 2020 national champion from the spring season. That was Sam Houston right before they left, and, and so they went from not knowing if they were even going to be able to keep a football conference together, have enough teams for football, to now being a the most stable conference of the two that, that I cover there between the WAC and Southland. Now the WAC has all the question marks. So it's, uh, it's incredible. And Chris Grant, the Southland commissioner coming in, he's done a fantastic job. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him, of his, and I, and I think he's done it really good. And then Texas A&M Commerce, this was the right time and the right league for them to go to. Uh, and, and there are other teams in the Lone Star Conference that I think would fit into this. Look, it, it's about who you are. The Southland had to figure out who they were. Some of those teams that left, like Lamar and UIW was talking about, they figured out they were not WAG material. It's a whole different level, guys. I'm, I mean, the WAG is all about their facilities. You know, it, it's a lot of money. You fly up to Seattle for basketball, volleyball, for all those sports. It's an investment. The Southland Conference isn't that. Uh, Commissioner Grant at Media Day said it was a, a gas tank league, and that's a perfect description. And that's what they want. They want you to have a gas tank to get there and a gas tank to get home so you can go and support your, your team. So I, I think commerce moving up there, perfect time. Get on it while you can because this realignment, it will end here at some point, and when it does, D2, I know we'll get into that here a little bit. D2 could be, especially in the state of Texas, nationally it's doing okay, but in the state of Texas, it's starting to look more like you're either FCS or you're NAI. Okay, great. Well, let's talk a little bit. You, you mentioned it, you know, um, uh, University of Incarnate Word, um, you know, they, they wanted to go to the Western Athletic Conference. 
and obviously Lamar returned a year early. We had a uh, we had Kevin Yeager on a few weeks ago, who has appeared in several games for Incarnate Word at, at the quarterback position. I think he's played in four games. Um, but uh, them coming back in now, you go, you know, as you said, from a, you know, from uh, potentially six teams to eight teams, and then you're adding uh, Texas A&M Commerce, as you said, the stability of this has has gone from who knows what to um, uh, being the more stable of the two that you covered. Um, for people that maybe are not familiar with this conference, um, you know, what, what should they expect as they tune in to watch some of the games? What is the style? What are some of the key rivals? Um, you know, I'm not extremely familiar with this, I'll be honest, and, and I want to be, and I, but uh, I need a starting point. So uh, what should I be doing to, to, to hook myself on this conference in these, in these games? Well, the rivalries aren't what they used to be. Before the Texas Four left and went to the WAC, uh, one of the big rivalries was always SSA and Northwestern State. They, they had the battle for Chief Caddo. Chief Caddo, this gigantic, like, seven-foot monstrous statue that they would carry off the field. It was insane. Uh, and they're talking about, you know, restarting that some. But as far as the conference goes, it's a high level of football. Uh, UIW was one yard from beating Sam Houston last year at Sam Houston in the second round of the playoffs, they defeated SFA, who is, a, you know, it's one of my favorites this year. They defeated SFA in overtime last year. They have a head coaching change. They have a new quarterback, but they went and got Nichols quarterback. So that's kind of an interconference transfer. Uh, and I also want to add real quick, the future of the Southland, UTRGV will be starting up football here in about three years, two to four. Two to three years, they're looking at starting one as well. So the future of the Southland is solid now. Uh, you're going to have – you get it's a combination. It's not just past UIW last year with the new coach, G.J. Kinney. He may still keep that up-tempo, really go-fast style. But you've got Commerce. They're more kind of a pro-style offense, or at least they have been under, under Bayless since he got there. Uh, you bit me – it can change and stuff. Northwestern State, Coach Laird there. Uh, it, there are a lot of different kind of styles. You have Houston Baptist. They're going to go up-tempo and just try to outscore you. So so those are always, always good ones there. Uh, rivalries, you know, again, a lot of the rivalries that are in there are, are more the, the Louisiana teams, the McNeese and the Nichols uh, in southeastern Louisiana. Um UIW still kind of new to the Southland. They haven't really developed a whole lot of rivalries there yet. Lamar, Lamar's got to be able to to be a lot more competitive to really get back into a rivalry game. So they, this is a good chance if Commerce could come up this year and start kind of a rivalry. You know, UIW was in the Lone Star Conference uh, for I think a year or so. So it's a chance for them to kind of dip into a rivalry in San Antonio and then also that San Antonio market a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, looking at last year's uh, um, results, you know, UIW 10 and three overall seven and one in the conference Southeastern uh, nine and four overall six and two, uh, even Nichols six and five. Now, obviously we're, we're talking about adding A&M commerce and they're coming up. But they uh, they were five and two in the Lone Star Conference, seven and four overall. You know, in year one, with with what they have uh, with their coach, um, what what kind of 
um, where do you expect them to fall in, in year one as far as, um, you know, can, can they compete with um, Nickel Southeastern UIW year one? Or are we looking at uh, they'll be competitive, but they're one to two years away? Yes, they are one to two years away. And I know it's tough for a lot of the commerce fans to kind of accept this right now. And a lot of it's because, look, in fairness, they watched Tarleton a couple years ago go from D2 playoff just like, you know, just like commerce has been steady in the playoffs. They watched Tarleton go up and, and play in that spring and beat McNeese on national TV and, and hold their own for five games. But that was just five games. Um, you know, Tarleton was six and five, and you throw in a few D2 teams on that last year. So the problem is when you move up to FCS, you're going from 36 scholarships to uh, 63. So you, it takes time. All those scholarships aren't funded right away. And, and then you've got to build in the players and build up that depth. And so the transfer portal can only bring so much, and they've done a great job of using that portal to try to get there. I just think as the season wears on, depth becomes an issue for commerce. Uh, they are not in the, the realm of the national powers right now. They're, they're not with the UIWs, the Southeastern Louisianas, the Nichols. They're on a whole different level. But I do think win or lose, I think some 50-50 games, uh, you know, it, they will be very competitive and it will be great games to watch when they play Northwestern State. Uh, at McNeese State, that's a hard place to go play at Lake Charles. It is hard to come out of there with a win, but I think they'll be competitive. I really do. Uh, you know, so Houston Badges, I, I pretty much kind of expect them to win that game. Uh, and that, you know, that's kind of a shot in a way at Houston Badges because they're still, they were really good a few years ago and then all their players transferred. They got hit hard by the portal. So it's not like it, it's any fault of their own, but they're young again. And, and so I think Commerce with, Jagger LaRoe coming in at quarterback. I think they're going to be in really good shape. They'll be competitive. Uh, overall, I think I would say best-case scenario, six wins. If everything goes right for commerce, they stay relatively healthy, six wins. Worst-case scenario, I mean, they've got two guaranteed wins with Lincoln and North American on the schedule. So I would, I would say probably worst-case scenario, three to four. Uh, and that's if, you know, injuries really pile up and, and things kind of go downhill. So that Lincoln game is, is September 1. So hopefully they start the season off um, with that win. Now, does Coach uh, Dave Bailiff, does he does he change anything? I mean, not anything, but does he make a drastic change to style of play, either offensively or defensively uh, moving up? Or does he stay the course and, and, and go to the uh, dance with uh, who brought him here? It, no, he is who he is, and, and he has not changed throughout his entire career as to how he likes to run a football team, and, and you'll see a lot of that. Uh, you know, you evolve. The offenses evolve. The biggest question for Commerce is, is going to be at quarterback because that was the position that hurt them last year the most. They didn't get enough consistency from their quarterback. Uh, they lost some on offense. They lost a lot on defense, especially in the defensive backfield. Uh, so – you know, we'll see what they do. They could use some things scheme-wise. I, I would expect to see some differences uh, schematically, especially without having such great shutdown corners like you had in safeties uh, in there. I mean, that commerce secondary for three or four years just was a nightmare to deal with for, for teams. So 
there's going to be some of that. So they've got some growing pain, growing, growing pains to work on that too. You know. No, I, I, any thoughts on that? No, Corey, Corey nailed it right there. I think, I think commerce is a very optimistic uh, fan base and I'll, I'll attest to that. You know, we've been a little bit spoiled there in commerce for, for the last, you know, six or seven years we've, um, and, and you're not going to, you know, that, you know, you got to be real. You're not going to win right off the bat. I mean, jumping in, there's a, there, I mean, D, like Corey said earlier, D2 football in Texas is real. I mean, there's a lot of D2 teams in Texas that can, that can beat up on some, on some division one teams. Uh, but, but you make that jump up to division one FCS and you're in a conference with a lot of Texas teams, you're not going to win right off the bat. That it's just, just, it's just the reality of things. And, um, you know, commerce did lose a lot. I know commerce, Corey, I know Corey knows this, but commerce, a lot of, and in and, and all sports, not just football, but they lost a lot in uh, the transfer, transfer, a lot of transfers because, I mean, and, and I can't fault them for this, you know, like, you know, commerce can't go to the postseason for, what is it, Corey? Is it four years? Is it a it's four, four year years still? They're, they're okay. looking at that. The NCAA is looking at that, but it is still four years. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, you lost a lot, you know, Corey's talking about the defensive backfield for commerce. They didn't just lose him to graduation. You got Cater Kohu right now. He's with the Miami Dolphins. You got, we had Alex Shiloh last night, you know, they, they, they lost some guys. They lost a lot of talent, uh, not just, not just to graduation, but to the league. Um, they, they've got, you've got a lot from that national championship team that, that are, that are, that are doing a lot of things right now. So they did lose a lot defensively and, and, and it's going to be a process and, um, you know, I, I, I think commerce just needs to be patient and everything. And, uh, like Corey said, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic conference. You've got UIW, you've got Southeastern, you've got a lot of these teams that know how to play ball. I mean, and, and, and let's not take away, um, you know, a lot of these Louisiana, Louisiana schools, they're, they're, they're taking a lot of East Texas talent right there. They're recruiting a lot of East Texas kids. So, um, it, it, it it's, it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. I'm excited to watch commerce this year. And Corey, I wanted to ask you about this a little bit and, and, and trip will, we can go back to where you were going with it. I wonder what, what are your thoughts about, you know, the Southland being a smaller conference, you know, obviously being an FCS conference, but you've got a lot of schools, you know, commerce's proximity to the Metroplex to recruit. You've got a lot of teams down there in Southeast Texas that can recruit to Houston. You've got UIW that can recruit right there at home in San Antonio. You look at what UTSA has done. They have got a lot of homegrown talent. UIW, you know, they can do the same thing. And then uh, you've got a lot of East Texas football is underrated. I think at the high school level, you've got a lot of talk about that a little bit about the recruiting tools that the Southland can use. Well, how, how underrated is the uh, East Texas recruiting Look what uh, Colby Carzel has done since he got to SFA. He has built up deep top recruiting classes in FCS with East, East Texas talent. And, and I, to me personally, I don't think East Texas is underrated when it comes to a talent base. Like that's where a lot of great talent comes from. And if you want speed, you go out to East Texas, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then you've got, you got the big places. Look, the Metroplex, great recruiting area, San Antonio, Houston, you know, Cameron Ward was a triple option quarterback at West Columbia, uh, south of Houston, before he went to UIW and is now at Washington State with his former head coach. There is talent all over this state. Uh, it's just a matter of going and finding it. And, you know, the transfer portal hurt commerce a lot. But like I said earlier, it also helped. Uh, they found a, you know, Jagger LaRoe was a Ohio State. Like, you don't get to Ohio State if you can't play quarterback. So he's going to be pretty good. Uh, I just 
for the commerce fan base, I think realism is what we got to try to try to get there. Midwestern State went and beat Northwestern State a few years ago. Everybody remembers that. Yep. It's not the same Northwestern State team. Coach Laird is, has done a better job with them. And not only that, that was one game. You have to do that consistently, and that's where the problem comes in when you mm-hmm. jump up to that level because that talent, that talent is there every week. All right, fair enough. Before we jump into talking about the Lone Star Conference, uh, I'd like to get to you guys, and I won't give one because uh, I don't know enough about it, but uh, who are your top two teams, two finishers in the Southland Conference this year? Go ahead, Corey. Hey, I have UIW number one. I'm sticking with it. Um, I think coming back, them staying in the conference was the best thing for them, and they are a conference favorite, no doubt. But then Southeastern Louisiana, that's the other one. They are just really, really good. It is going to be a battle. Those two played within about four points last year in just a, an epic game. It was, I think it was 52-48 to 48 in San Antonio. So it's going to be fun. UIW, Southeastern Louisiana, they are they are the top, and then Nickel State is like right there underneath them, trying trying to catch back up. No, I you know uh, Corey, I agree with you. I know I know Southeastern was the the preseason pick to win the conference, um, but but I really like what what's going on down there at Incarnate Word. I I think uh, it Coach Mor- Coach Morris, you know Eric Morris has got a great. Um, uh, background there, running, running, Incarnate Word and everything, and they're going to be, they're going to be. I think Incarnate Word's going to run it back again, and uh, I know we've got a little bit of rooting. He was talking about Kevin Yeager earlier. Coach Triplett got to coach Kevin Yeager when he was a uh, 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 coach. Did he? They didn't make it to high school, did they? Before they left, right? No, they had left. So I worked with, I coached under his dad, yeah. but I did not get to coach uh, Kevin. Yeah. So, but so we got. We'll be keeping eyes on Incarnate Word a little bit. For for Kevin's sake, I know he's going to have a little bit of surgery, but uh, I got to roll with uh, I got to roll with Incarnate Word, and I, I think they're going to they're going to uh, run the conference this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I th- I think it's all UIW. All right, sounds great. All right, so let's transition. If if you gentlemen are up for it, and let's talk a little bit about the Lone Star Conference. Um, you know what? Where do they go from here? Uh, who's the top dogs of that, and what do we expect going forward? Oh, goodness. Top dogs. That is a great question. This conference, it it may be more wide open than I, I've ever – I can remember it. There are so many teams at the top. Defending champion Midwestern State didn't even make the playoffs last year. Uh, and that's twice in the last about three or four years that they've been left out. Boy, they are salty about that. And if they could translate that into wins on the field and not turn the ball over seven times against some teams – They'll have a chance of making the playoffs this year. Look, they just recently added their quarterback from last year. He, he was granted another year of eligibility from the NCAA, uh, Dylan Sterling Cole. So they have him. I was at uh, their scrimmage yesterday. That offense looks really good. I think question marks are on the defense, and I didn't think I would say that coming in. So MSU is a favorite. Angelo State made a deep run to the quarterfinals last year uh, in the playoffs. They are a threat. They did lose a lot especially on their line in the transfer portal. So that's why I may not be as high on Angelo as I was when I wrote the magazine articles back in April. Um, West Texas A&M, if, and Hunter knows this. He'll t- he has told me this numerous times. If they can play their best every week, they will be a contender. 
They they have a tendency to not be as consistent, consistently good as they need to be against some of the teams that they should easily beat. And so if they can get that consistency, they'll be tough. The surprise team is Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, that team is uh, what Mike Salinas has done there. He has rebuilt that. He now has Miklo Smalls, who was Commerce quarterback. Uh, so he's got one year down there, and I think they could be a team to surprise a lot. And, and you got the Lone Star Conference. Now we added people. We added Central Washington, Western Oregon, and Simon Fraser. So now we have a conference in Division Two that goes from Kingsville, Texas, to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about yeah. No, no. I, I want to ask you about that here in a minute because we I actually brought that up a few weeks ago. We we're we've been Tripp and I, Coach Tripp and I, have been talking about a. a geography and all these conferences being realigned we i actually brought that up you know it's the one canadian team in all of ncaa is is plays in a texas conference so but um no um we're, we're I, I didn't mean to cut you off corey did you finish your train of thought or, or? oh yeah well uh, i mean we could definitely get into the simon fraser thing uh but central washington that's another team that, that could be a threat uh they 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 won the gnac last year and that was not against Lone Star competition. I, I will say that. But they held their own against Lone Star schools when they played a few of them last year. Mm-hmm. So that, that's another one to watch. You, you know, and I'll, I'll piggyback off what, what Corey's saying, Coach Tripp. Um, uh, I really like what, what Midwestern's got going on. I think, I think you know, Bill Maskell's a fantastic coach. And then I think I think Angelo's got a real – you know, Angelo, Angelo, when I first got into school in 2015 – uh, through that through that national championship run, 17, 17, 18, that era, Angelo wasn't much of a thought in football, and I, and they've really turned it around these last few years. You know, they were on, uh, you know, Jeff Gersh uh, has really got some good stuff. Oh shoot, I did something wrong right here. They've really got some good stuff going on out there, uh, out there in West Texas. They're they're doing, you know, he's doing a fantastic job. I really think Angelo's in a good place right now. It's a toss up. Corey's going to know better than I would about the conference, you know, ever since with, with Commerce leaving it, it's going to be Angelo and in, in Midwestern right there, one and two, I would have to think. And um, man, that's, that's the tough thing, you know, you know, I, you know, obviously keeping up with it last year with Commerce being in the conference, but all those teams just kind of beat up every beat up, beat up, beat each other up every week. And Angelo was kind of the Angelo just kind of came up on top last year as the team that kind of survived all that. And, and they were able to, you know, get in, get a playoff berth. And, and like Corey was saying, I think that's what hurt Midwestern right there is, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the big 12 in basketball, you know, you got all these teams that just beat up on each other. It's such a good conference that, you know, like you get a Kingsville that might, that can beat someone one week. Well, that, you know, the problem at the division two level is you lose two times, you got two losses and there's a good chance you're not going to make it. You go 10 and two and you might not make the playoffs. Um, and, and that really, yeah. That and, yeah. Sorry, Tyler. Didn't mean to no, no, go. Me, what you're saying. Hey, look, MSU beat Angelo last year at Angelo. And mm-hmm. this year they have Angelo at home. They have West Texas at home. Like their schedule lines up. Uh, for them, and also, yeah, I'll throw a little little factoid out here that Trey Reed told me from MSU. Uh, they play 11 games this year. They play six home games. Since they joined Division Two, when they have six home games in an 11-game season, they make the playoffs every single time. So it, they've got six home games this year, um, and I think I think who they have at home matters a lot more because it's a hard it's hard to go win at in Wichita Falls. It is for a visiting team. They play well at home under Bill Maskell. Uh, but Tyler, you and I were at uh, Coach Gersh's first game 
We were, uh, he had just taken over. They had fired the coach right before they played Commerce in 2018. Uh, and I, I covered that one kind of because I wanted to, to say hi to Coach Kirsch. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, that was uh, – we were at that one. It, it, what he's done, you're right, man. It, he built that up, and he's got a good team. All right, so let me run this by you. This is from the Lone Star Conference uh, webpage, and this was – it's a little bit dated. It's from uh, August 28th of this year. But this is kind of the preseason poll – Sounds like one and two are right in line with you. They have Angelo State one, Midwestern two, um, you know, by votes. But they have Central Washington three. So does that sound? I mean, does that sound right to you guys? You guys agree with that? Then they have West Texas A and M four. Uh, you guys okay with that uh, three four uh, matchup or uh, ranking? Yeah. Yes, I, I think uh, Central Washington was a playoff team last year. Uh, so I, I definitely, they definitely are a top uh, three, three team in that conference. I think going into the preseason now, let's see how they handled what is the Lone Star Conference. They weren't playing Lone Star Conference schools every week, and that that's brutal and physical. So we'll see how they can hold up with some of their depth. But they've got talent. No, yeah, yeah, Trip, Trip, kind of what Corey's saying. Central Washington, you know, when you think about D two football, there's 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 five or six schools that you think you think of the Northwest Missouri State. You, uh, I think Commerce really kind of was one of those teams. There, there's the Grand Valleys. There's the Valdostas, and I really think Central Washington's kind of a dark horse team. That when you think of really good D two programs over long jet over a long time, Central and at Corey Central Washington still. I, forgive me for not knowing this. Central Washington still really got that really good you know ground and pound game. They still like to really run the ball a lot. Oh yeah, they they do. I mean, they haven't changed coaches in years. They they still focus on that running game, and that's not something you see a lot of. So yeah, you're you're right, Tyler. They have been consistently good for a long time at Division Two. That was that was a team Commerce had to go through in our in our national championship run. And I remember I remember the scouting report and everything that week was was they like to run the ball. It's hard to win up there in Washington. There and they're going to be a good team. I think that's a really I think that's a team that could you know you know it's. I don't know how many teams will get out of the Lone Star, but they could, you know, I think Angelo and Midwestern are going to be at their top. The Central Washington could definitely have something to say about that. I will say I think they get two this year because one usually went to the GNAC and then one went to the Lone Star. So now that they've combined those, I think I think they get at least two, and there is a possibility they get a third in Super yeah. Region 4, depending on how the RMAC is. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Midwestern State's first game, September third, Colorado State Pueblo. They're going to be fun. The first game is going to be a good one. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's at Wichita Falls too. So I, I'm definitely got that one marked on the calendar. All right. So I want to change gears here, and we're going to go um, uh, big schools here. I just want to talk about the two preseason polls are out. The the AP Top Twenty Five and the Coaches Poll are both out. Uh, no surprise, probably at number one, Alabama, number one in both polls, uh, OSU, two, Georgia, three, Clemson, four. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Both polls um, have Notre Dame at number five. I know Paul Feinbaum uh, kind of went off on that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan, um, you know, and, and I believe in, in what Coach Freeman's doing, and, and, and I think he's a, 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 going to be a great coach. And I know the recruiting class coming up. Uh, 
But Notre Dame at number five, uh, how do you guys feel about that? There are two things guaranteed when the, when the AP releases a preseason poll. Texas and Notre Dame will be overranked. That's pretty much – but, you know, in def- look, Brian Kelly left, and I think that's a huge loss. He was a really good head coach at Notre Dame. And people, people don't realize – I covered their game against Alabama in the Rose Bowl that was at AT&T Stadium a couple years ago. And I saw I, – I was researching that. Notre Dame has been right up there with the Clemson and the Alabama and the Ohio State. So, yes, they belong up there in the top five. Uh, I guess you got to throw Georgia in there. But even there, you look at, at what they've put up consistently over the last five or six years, Notre Dame is one of the top teams in the country, definitely more deserving of a, of a top ranking than, than, say, a Texas who, you know, we're, they're still trying to get eight or nine wins in a season. Well, Texas is, is notorious for – Texas, we're back. Every time they win the first game <laughs> yeah. of the season, we're back. Um, they win one game. Yeah, so the, what gets interesting then in the AP, um, AP has Texas A&M at six, and then the coaches poll has Michigan at six, uh, and then, um, then the AP has uh, Utah at seven. Uh, so what about Texas A&M? Are they uh, – is six too high for them? Is six about right for them? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, uh, we're going to learn a lot um, when they go down to Alabama. Obviously, they've already got um, you know Nick Saban, who is wanting to avenge the loss last season, plus the spat with Jimbo Fisher about the NIL stuff. Um, but even before we get to that game, preseason uh, number six ranking by the AP for Texas A&M, what do you all think about that? I, I think A&M is right about where they should be. Uh, you, they open up with Sam Houston this year, and that mm-hmm. that could be – look, they, they're not going to sleep on the Bearcats. I, I would not recommend that because that team can be very dangerous uh, this year, even though they've lost a lot too, Sam Houston has. But a, A&M is a team that – Jimbo's done it, guys. I mean, Jimbo has built a team that they've got some depth, they've got the talent level. They're not too high at number six. They might actually be one or two spots too low. Uh, if things break right for them this year, I, I could see them in a, a top four. You know, you know, Trip. I, hey, this this is why I've been trying to advocate for that eighteen playoff. You know, we've been going because because there's man, there's some good teams right there that aren't aren't that just there's not enough there's not enough places. It's just four four teams. You know, there's and I look. I know it's a preseason poll. You know, it's nothing uh, set in stone yet, but there. There, there's some good teams that are just not going to make it. They're just not going to get in that top four. And I, I, it's, it's going to be hard. Like, a, like with A and I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's the conference they're in. I mean, it's the SEC. You got to think, you, you got to think them being, and, and they're in the harder of the two divisions. You know, they're in that SEC West. You know, they got to go through Bama. They got to go through Ole Miss. They, there's some teams on that on the in that SEC West that they've got to deal with. So, you know, they're going to be good to start the year. They're going to be at a number six. I don't think six is a bad. I think I agree with Corey. I think six is a good spot, but they're going to have to prove it. And, and, you know, I know we talked about in recent weeks how some of these conferences, you know, I think you said the ACC big 10, they're not going to, they're not splitting in they're They're not going to have the East versus West North versus South. Um, the two, the two of them play each other, but the SEC still is. They still got that East and West meeting in the SEC championship game. So, you know, you got to think, you got to think, you got, I mean, you just can't, 
I just can't not say Bama and Georgia. I just can't do it. They're going to meet in the SEC championship game. But, uh, you know, I think AM, like Corey's saying, Jimbo's done it. You know, Jimbo's got the recruits. He's got the talent to start coming out there to College Station. Um, he's just got to – He's just got to do it now. He's got to do it. AM is a good team. It's a hard place to play. College Station, Kyle Field is a hard place to play. He's just got to go do it now. Uh, he's he's proved that he he's he's beaten he's beaten Bama. He's brought in the good recruits. He's just got to go out there now and and capture that SEC West title. I will say this: uh, not this past summer, but I believe it was last summer. I got to see Jimbo speak at coaching school, and I was certainly impressed with that. I mean, he he definitely. Um, is uh, inspiring. I could see why he is able to recruit because he's mm -hmm. engaging. Um, so uh, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I think they're where they're where they should be. I'll tell you who. And again, Tyler probably already knows where I'm going with this. I'll tell you who I think is ranked uh, not where they should be. I think they should they should be closer to to the top ten. Um, and I'm just on this bandwagon. And that's Kentucky at twenty in the uh, AP and 21 in the coaches poll. Um, I, I think they're better than that. Uh, I think they're going to prove it. And I know when we talked about the SEC and Corey, uh, you're welcome to think I'm crazy. Um, but I think that they, they, they got a shot to, to win the East in the SEC. Obviously Georgia's Georgia, but uh, something about uh, Kentucky, uh, the fantastic season last season, obviously Levis is a fantastic quarterback. Uh, I, I'm on that bandwagon, whether whether I should be or not, I don't know. But uh, I'm pretty excited, uh, uh, you know, for this season, and I'm really excited for um, for SEC football. What do y'all think of uh, my my Kentucky? Maybe you don't agree with uh, them winning the the East, but where what about the where do you think they should be ranked, or are they appropriately ranked at 20 and 21 to start the season? Well. First off, they have um, Sam Houston's running back from last year, Ramon Jefferson, transferred to Colorado first and then to Kentucky. So he's on the he's on the train. He's on that hype train with you. Uh, I'm a guy who picked in the magazine Harden Simmons to to beat Mary Harden Baylor this year, and uh, so I'm not afraid of bold predictions. But coach, I can't get on that bandwagon with you, man. I, I can't quite go that far with Kentucky beating Georgia. Uh, I think there definitely could be a top two or three team in the East, uh, but beating Georgia—that's a whole nother level of football. Coach Tripp, I—I I, I said this last week with with uh, Shiloh. I, I do think uh, I'm kind of on—I'm—I'm I'm on it a little bit. I, I maybe not be as high as you are, but I, a little bit. I do like—I do like what's going on up there in in, in Lexington. Um, uh, I, I can't can't pick them to win the can't pick them to win the SEC. I think they can make a lot of noise there in the East. They can ruin some seasons. They're that kind of team. I know last year, if I'm not mistaken, they were undefeated till I want to say they started off 8-0, something like that. And yeah, I, I could yeah, be wrong yeah. on that. Don't quote me on that. They were 8-9-0, something to start like that. Um, you know, they, but, but I've said this a few times. The SEC, especially the SEC, it's just so hard to just – it's so hard to go undefeated in. And, and you, you even look at Bama and, and Georgia. I mean, these teams, uh, I mean, Bama ha hasn't gone undefeated in a few years. You know, they, they'll slip up every once in a while. So it's just hard to keep doing it year or just week in and week out. You know, I think Kentucky's going to have a solid team. I think they're going to make a good bowl game. But it's it's just hard to do it week in and week out. But I but I do love the prediction. I think they're a solid team. I think Levis is a great quarterback. And I, they're going to they're gonna put a dent in some team seasons this year. Yeah, hey, look, I think when you when you talk about the SEC, 
that's like if you had to build a, a conference like that with high school football in Texas, you're putting Allen and Austin Westlake yeah. and Trinity. I mean, you're putting like every Travis, you're putting the best every single week. It is it is a grind yeah. through the the Southeastern Conference. And and I and I know it's not necessarily a fair comparison, but but Corey, you know, going back to the Lone Star a little bit, it, it's kind of like that in the Lone Star a little bit. You get you get some of those teams. I mean, it's a that's why the Lone Star is so highly thought of because you're playing a pretty solid. You get some of these teams like like with all due respect to the Easterns and, and Eastern New Mexico, Western Mexico, you get some of those schools there at the bottom. I get that, but like you get some of these middle of the pack teams, and I say middle of the pack as a is not a negative. You get like the West Texas A&Ms. You get some of these schools coming in. These teams, you got to go play. You got to go play. Kingsville. Kingsville's yeah. a great example. I love the Kingsville example. Kingsville hasn't been uh, a playoff team for a few years, but they're. I mean, I was scared for my my last year of school. Uh, that we, I was, I was. Commerce nearly dropped the first game of the season right off the bat to them. I mean, they're a team that can. They're a team that can. You know, there's. It's. 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 A lot of these. A lot of these conferences. These big conferences. You got to play every week. Bottom line. Yeah. And look, Kingsville beat Saginaw Valley State last year uh, on the road. So that team, and they're picked fifth in the Lone Star Conference. They could win some of these other conferences yeah. around the country. And that's how deep the Lone Star Conference is. It, it is a good five teams with, with playoff possibilities this year. And it is a grind. And that's why that depth matters so much. It's so hard to keep it going. You can't have a slip up. And that's mm-hmm. what's impressive. Like, you know, Commerce had that one game against MSU, but that wasn't a slip up, man. That was a great game that, was, that year, you know. And then they, they went on the, the run to the national title. They had a lot of things fall right for them, including a, a fourth down fake punt in their own end, you know, and it seemed crazy, but it, it worked. That's, that's the kind of stuff that has to happen for you. And Angelo had that going for them last year. Uh, now, national favorite? can't put anybody there from the Lone Star Conference this year. I mean, Valdos is really good, and so is Ferris. And I think going through Ferris, that that has been really tough for Lone Star Conference schools. So nationally, they might be not quite up there, but you come to – you go through that. Look, MSU last year, take them, for example, conference champions. They went to Central Washington. They had seven turnovers. They lost the game. They went to West Texas A&M. They were up at the half. They did not come out of the locker room well at all and WT beat them, mm-hmm. you have a – that's just a half. They had a slip up for one half, and they got beat. And that game is really the one that sealed their fate out of the playoffs. So that's just how hard it is every week in the conference. Trip, I wanted uh, – Coach Trip, I, want, I wanted to ask Corey about this, and I'm – Sorry if I'm going the, the the wrong direction. I know we got on we got on uh, you know we got there at the the big time. We got their FBS for there for a little bit. But I wanted to ask Corey about this. Corey, we've talked to some of our guests these last few weeks. Of course, you know Alex Shiloh, uh, who we had on last week. Good good friend of mine and and everything. And it was a great interview. But I wanted to ask with um, I wanted to ask with some of these small small conferences. You get the Southland. A lot of the team. A lot of the conferences you cover. Southland, the WAC. Um, heck, even D three, the Lone Star. What do you think with and and I know Trip Trip and I have gone back and forth on this, uh, agreeing on a lot of the same stuff. What are your thoughts with all these new conference realignments? And do you think it's going to eventually make its way to these smaller conferences? I mean, gosh, I, I guess it already has. You look at you look at the Lone Star, the Lone Star Conference um, in Texas, being the Lone Star State, has a team from Canada playing in it. So how are how are some of these conference realignments and and we've we've talked more about the big schools, you know, with the Big Ten, the Pac-12, uh, the ACC. A lot of these conferences kind of 
uh, reaching out. You've got Texas and OU going to leave here in a couple of years. What are your thoughts? How do you think it's going to eventually make its way down to the smaller conferences? And, and how is that going to look once it does, if it does? I would argue it already did. I mean, Tarleton left four years ago. This is their last year of transition. Now Commerce has left and is moving up. Is there some realignment there? Uh, uh, talking with Jay Perner at the Lone Star Conference, the commissioner of the Lone Star Conference at the media day, I asked him, how viable is it? Because D2 is not a conference that makes FBS money. And you're flying up to Simon Fraser into Canada, private flight. You got to cross the border. The, that, that's a six-figure expense for these the big two schools. That is not easy. You don't have the alumni base to do that for a, a lot of these. So that was my question. What's the viability of it? And he didn't really, you know, he, he gave a great commissioner answer, but it didn't really go, how are they actually going to be feasible long-term? Um, you know, some of the coaches on media day, they said they feel like they're a JUCO now because they get these players – they go find these diamonds in the rough. They develop them. They spend all that time and love on them, and then they enter the transfer portal and go FCS or FBS. And that's a fair that's a fair thing to say. You know, that's not happening as much in the Midwest, in the the Michigan and Ohio area, where D two and D three kind of really flourishes. Um, I cover the D three, the American Southwest, uh, and we got we got three teams that are national powerhouses in Division three. You got Mary Harden, Baylor, Harden Simmons, and Trinity. After that, it's a huge drop. Not mm-hmm. even near what you get. <clears throat> excuse me at the at the D two level a lot of times. So I know there's talk. There's always talk right now. Um, Jay thinks that the realignment it started really with the Texas four after after Tarleton and, and then the Texas four left. And so now you have you have the big schools doing it, and eventually that will work its way in. And we've seen some of it. Look at how the Southland has changed every every month, it seems like, over the last year. You know, so so there's that part of it. Uh, I, I don't think we're done. I think there isn't. And I think – I hope the Lone Star Conference can stay viable. I hope Division Two football can stay in Texas. But there are questions about that uh, because does West Texas fit the WAC and what, what the WAC could do with that travel? Yes. Does Midwestern State fit a Southland? Yes. Could Kingsville, would they go into the Southland? Probably not, but they could combine with Texas A&M Corpus Christi and start a football team there. So there are ways to go. The question, UTPB, I don't know. I mean, and some of these teams may end up NAI, and then the conference may try to bring some of these NAI schools up too, like a Texas Wesleyan that's really building up their program and building an on-campus facility, a SAGU. Southwestern Assemblies of God in NAI. They're building an on-campus facility. And so I know the conference is looking at some of those. There's even been talk of maybe some D3s. Um, some of the bottom D3s come up. I don't know that that would help the Lone Star Conference very much. But something's got to be done because you you have to – there's not an automatic qualifier, but there's an, an earned access. and You need a minimum number of teams for that earned access to kick in uh, for the playoffs in Division Two, and, and that – it's hard to do. I don't think flying to Washington and Canada and Oregon every other year is is going to be something they're going to want to do. Trip. All right. Well, hey, great stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, that travel is has got to be brutal. Your fans aren't going to be able to make that trip anyway. So, 
Well, listen, Corey, um, I certainly appreciate you coming on. A lot of great uh, insight. I can't wait to go watch some of these conferences that, that I've neglected uh, in the past. You certainly make a great case for them. For anyone listening, at Corey Hogue Sports, give them, uh, give them some information, interact with them. Um, where, where can people read your stuff or listen to you? TexasFootball.com. That is where you're going to find my college stuff. Uh, also, we have a podcast starting. Uh, Mike Craven and I will be doing a small college podcast starting August 30th, I believe, is the date. We're going to do a weekly one. Uh, we did a nerd cast where we went through everybody in the small college ranks. It was over an hour long, and that's available on the TexasFootball.com. If you like football, high school, college, that's the place to go. That's where you're going to find every all, all your good information right there. All right. Well, there it is, TexasFootball.com. Uh, check it out. Listen, uh, listen to Corey Hogue Sports. Always, hopefully, uh, you guys will come back and listen to uh, T-Mac and I next week on uh, Bump and Run podcast. Uh, that will be episode number 10, uh, possibly looking at dissecting uh, some of the independents, uh, Notre Dame, BYU, Army, uh, but we'll have more information on that. Until next week, thank you all so much. Uh, give Give us a listen and interact with us. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Corey.